Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Hey, praise God. Well, welcome back to Wisdom and Stuff with Daryl Boucher. And uh, I am Daryl Boucher. And we're going to get back into what we were talking about last time, just briefly. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, but I do want to talk about, once again, this is the, we're, we're talking about the fluidity of our relationship with God. And uh, even though listen, God never changes, you know, the spirit realm, you know, is fixed and everything else, there's still a fluidity. There's still a relational fluidity to these things. And principles don't change, but the way they're expressed and the way that they're, that they um, are manifested in the earth and in our lives, that, that is very fluid. And, you know, that can kind of mess with the analytical mind or with the minds, not necessarily analytical. Sometimes people can be, can definitely not lean analytically, but they can still be kind of controlling, you know, they find comfort in the control of things. And so they want to control things and they want to, they, they, all this other stuff. And, and God doesn't, he doesn't abide by that. He wants a very fluid relationship with us where, where it's easy and light and fun. And, uh, and, and it requires fluidity to be fun. I mean, if, if, if really, if it's just all about, if it's all just about you know rules and regulations and processes and formulas and and it's it's almost like we're you know we're we're, we're having you know what we're doing is building the space shuttle and it has to be done da, 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 da. you know I, I just don't I don't see that in in the in the plan of God now what what I find interesting is is when you look at um, when you look at what G, what what God did in the Old Testament versus what he's doing you know all the way through um, you see that there are times when he told the children of Israel to do things a specific way a specific way. Right. And uh, and for instance, you know, when he was giving the law to Moses, he told them very specifically how the priests were supposed to dress, how they were supposed to carry themselves, all the all the feasts that had to be specifically carried out one after the other sacrifices and all these things had to be specifically done, how to build the tabernacle specifically. And there were so many specifics. But you find out that that none of those things brought life. None of those things brought life. The law didn't bring life. The law only exposed sin. That's all it did. You know, the tabernacle that Moses built, it, 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 you know, he, 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 the glory came in. The people had to leave. You know, now uh, we we see that that you know, he, he, God always just wants to be with us in a very fluid way, and and it's it's not some you know mandated rules and regulations thing. And sometimes we can take things like faith and healing and 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 just belief and all these things, and we can try to put them all into. Ten steps to do this and six steps to do that, and I know sometimes that's that those 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 tools can be great tools to to learn and everything else. Like I said, I'm not opposed to telling people steps how to do stuff, but I don't want it to be a formula that gets rigid, you know. And and I just think God wants to have more fun than that. I think He is such a fun, fun, fun God that in His presence is, is pleasure forevermore, joy unspeakable, and full of glory. That the kingdom should be righteous, peace, and joy, and 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 this is, you know, he's just so much fun, and I don't think we let him be a lot of fun, but yet he does some, you know, he told me this a long time ago that that it, you know, when you're when you're all powerful. And you already know the end before the beginning. You know what I'm saying? He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the beginning from the end. The end from the beginning. He knows it all. When you're that powerful, then you can just have fun with stuff. Because you already know that you got the victory. You already know the battle's already been won. You already know how it's all going to come out. So you might as well just get creative, right? You might as well just be fun, you know. And and what we do is is when we get tied up into 
into even a mindset of 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 uh, Christian principles or godly principles, but we attach the formulas and the regulations to them, we sap the fun out of life. And we're like, oh, maybe it's not working because I didn't say this enough times, or maybe it's working because I it's not working because I didn't do it just right, or I didn't I didn't give the right way, and I didn't I didn't sow the right way, and I didn't do this the right way, I didn't do that the right way. I'm not saying those principles aren't valid, but it should be a lot of fun, right? <laughs> it should be fun. There's a fluidity to these things. I mean, you know, you look at Look at how God told uh, uh, Gideon. You know, Gideon, he's going up against this huge army of Midianites. And um, and first, you know, Gideon has quite a few thousand men. And God's like, no, nah, you need to have less than that. Let's whittle this thing down. He gets them down to 300 men. He's like, yeah, that'll do. 300 is a good number. Okay, that'll do. Now I can get glory from this. And so then he goes, okay, and then here's the thing. Here's what you're going to need to fight this battle. You're going to need a pot. You're going to need a, uh, uh, a lamp, a lantern. You're going to need a stick, and you're going to need a trumpet. That's what you're going to need. And I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, this is what you're going to need to go and fight uh, an army that you are vastly outnumbered by. He's like, yeah, let's just have some fun. You know, and then he goes, oh, and, and by the way, right before, you know, he goes, if you're still scared, go down and over here, you know, listen in on the conversation of the enemy. So Gideon goes down there and he, and he overhears what the enemy is saying. And this one guy says to the other guy, hey, uh, I had a dream last night that this giant muffin rolls into the tent, rolls into the camp, knocks over one of our tents, you know, knocks over the tents. And the other guy goes, that must be Gideon in the army of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. And they all get all freaked out. He uses a dream about a muffin to, to, to tell people that Gideon's army is going to come and, and, and totally annihilate them. I mean, this is fun. This is like, this is God being God, right? And, and there's a fluidity to these things, though. And so if we don't, if we don't get relaxed about how God, I mean, when you're deal, literally, when you're with God, you are literally with him and he's literally with you, we should be looking to have fun. And this requires an understanding of fluidity. Um, I, I, one of the things we read last time in Matthew chapter eight about the centurion, and this time I want us to look at another another text that, that can you can see just how quickly things can change. Um, and in uh, chapter two of John, John chapter two, this is about the the wedding feast, right? And it says, in, in the third day there was a marriage in uh, Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus and it was called, and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Verse four. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother says unto the servants, Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And there were six water pots along, uh, there, and and uh, the manner of the purifying the Jews, blah, 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 uh, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus says to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And and he says unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And we know that what happens is the water became wine. Now, okay, do you see, now no, no pun intended, but do you see the fluidity of this? <laughs> no pun intended. Um, verse 4, Jesus says unto her, Woman, what have I to, to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. So so Mary, she sees, she sees the—now uh, it says that, that later on, it says this was the first of his miracles, right? This was the first miracle that he did. So he wasn't even known for doing miracles yet, right? Because he said, my hour hasn't come. I, I'm not—you know, the, the, his, his mom— his mom says, hey, they need some wine. Well, Jesus is not, you know, he doesn't own a vineyard, right? He doesn't like, you know, carry wine around all the time, you know, to, to feed to feed a, a, a big party. So, so she expected something supernatural to happen. 
Now, she didn't expect that because she'd seen all these supernatural things happen before. He had not done any miracles yet. It literally says in this text, if you keep reading, this was the first of his miracles. He hadn't done any miracles yet. And so here he is. He is, uh, you know, his, his mom says, hey, they're out of wine, expecting him to do something about it. And he, once again, he only says what he, what he hears his father say. So he says, my hour's not yet come. So in his heart, he's seeing that, that he's checking with his heart. He's checking with God in his heart. He's checking with the Holy Ghost in him, and he hears, your hour has not yet come. Your hour has not yet come. So he says what he hears, my hour's not yet come. And then Mary turns to the servants and says, yeah, whatever he says to do, do it. Okay, well... Then Jesus says, well, go look at those, get those water pots, fill them up, and then draw out, and then they became wine. So do you see the fluidity here? How quickly his hour hadn't come to when it had come. I mean, there is like a moment in between. We don't know the exact timing here, but we know it happened, you know, very quickly, that Jesus said, my hour has not yet come, and then the next thing he sees himself doing is telling the servants, fill it up with water, and it's going to be a miracle. See, the, the, like, you know, he... In one moment, he hears the Holy Spirit say, my hour's not yet come, and in the next moment, he sees that his hour has now come. In one moment, it hasn't come. The next moment, it had come. And and he was willing and quick to obey and say, oh, okay, see those water pots? Go fill them up, and then go and give it to the governor. And this was the beginning of miracles. Now, I just want you to see th- th- that even with that, th- being the beginning of miracles, there's there's what's called the law of Genesis. And and uh, and there's a lot I, I, that we could get into in this text. But the law of Genesis is basically says, or it's also called the law of beginnings. And it basically just means that when you see something happen for the first time, there is a DNA about that first time that is, that is carried throughout the whole rest of it. In other words, there's a DNA that, that literally carries characterizes how God does things from that moment on. So like when he first created man, he said, let them be in our likeness, our image. Well, that, that didn't stop. Right. So, so there's a, there's a lot of, of first beginnings or, or, or uh, a Genesis that says, pay attention to how, what, when, when something is mentioned for the first time, what's the context, what's the details, because there is a, there is a DNA in that, that we, sh- we will see repeated time and again. And we should look for that. See the, 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 uh, uh, I, I found that to be true in my own life. That when, um, like you know, when I got saved, I got saved in my bedroom. Somebody had told me about Jesus. My sister had told me about Jesus. I had uh, I had gone to church a couple times with my sister. hadn't received Jesus yet, and uh, and then but at a Bible study, um, they had led people in the sinner's prayer. Well, I didn't I didn't I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what that's what that was for. I didn't. Um, so I really wasn't paying attention. I mean, I said amen at the end of the prayer, but I wasn't really paying attention. And uh, I was just kind of thinking, okay, Bible study's over. I'll just, you know, whatever. And um, and then afterward, I find out that was like, oh, did you get, I I think, I don't know, my brother-in-law or something like that, but they said, oh, did you get saved tonight? And I said, I don't know. And uh, And they're like, well, if you prayed that prayer, then you got saved. And I'm like, well, I didn't. You know, I wasn't engaged with that prayer. <laughs> you know, I, I, my heart wasn't engaged. And so I went home that night and in my bedroom, I just, well, the funny thing is, because, you know, you don't know what you're doing most of the time, at least I don't anyway, and uh, I I was thinking, oh, I just need to, I need to remember the words of that prayer. What were the magic words of that prayer? Because I want to go to heaven, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, I'm trying to think of the words, and I finally said, Lord, you, you know my heart here, and I, I, I don't think I'm going to get this right, 
I'm not going to get it perfect, but hey, you know my heart, and so I'm just going to give you my heart right now. And so I said the prayer that that you know I I that that, that was in my heart. I said the prayer of my heart, and that's what anybody needs to say. say the prayer of your heart toward Jesus and allowing Jesus to be the Lord, and that's how salvation comes because you believe with your heart and then you speak with your mouth. And so I I spoke and I got saved in my bedroom that night. Praise God, and it was. The day before Thanksgiving, 1985, is when it was. But I got saved that night, and uh, and and things changed. I mean, I, I I you know I won't get into everything right now, but man, it just praise God. He's so good. Now the thing is that I was I was by myself, and I didn't you know I did I did like. I had an acknowledgement in my spirit that I was saved, but I didn't like, you know, didn't like whatever, have giant manifestations of anything. You know, I didn't have like, you know, a whirlwind come into my room. And I, you know, nothing like happened. I just, I prayed a prayer. I did feel something on the inside, um, but it wasn't like I was like jumping up and down, you know, whatever. I was just like, oh, okay, praise God, I'm born again. I'm, cha- I'm, I'm saved. I didn't even know what that meant. All I knew was, I'm not going to hell. That's really what I thought it meant at that time. And so, which it did, but you know, it's more than that anyway. And so then uh, several months later, when I got baptized in the Holy spirit, basically the same thing. I was in my bedroom and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it just—it was me just saying, "Lord, I see the Word. I see the Word says that I can pray." And you say, "If I ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, that my Father will not uh, uh, refuse me, but He will give me the gift of the Spirit." And it says that that you know when when I ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, that 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 these signs will follow those that believe. That I'll speak with new tongues. And so I just prayed, and um, and I just said, okay, whatever comes up in my heart, I'm just going to do that. And I just began to speak what was in my heart, these mutterings that started coming out that were not English, but I didn't know what they were. They, 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 they definitely didn't feel super spiritual. Once again, I didn't levitate. I didn't, you know, there was no big giant outward manifestation. I mean, I know people who I, you know, had very genuine experiences where, you know, I know one guy, he was, he was baptized in a, like a, a, a watering trough uh, that it was in the wintertime and they had to break the ice off the watering trough and he got baptized and when he came up he came up and was filled with the holy spirit started speaking in tongues praise god you know and it was so dramatic and i know another guy he said he was uh he, he prayed for the holy spirit and he felt electricity literally hit one hand his, his one hand because he was like raising his hands and he hit and electricity he felt he felt it was like a lightning bolt hit one hand went all the way through his body and up through the other hand and he just shook there for a while and just spoke in tongues. Praise God. Now, I didn't get any of that, right? I mean, that was not my experience. My experience was I believed God. And apart from my my feelings and apart from any giant grand experience, I believed God and I received. And that was my experience when I got saved. That was my experience when I got, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And so what I realized years later is that's pretty much the DNA of how I do things. I don't need something to confirm what I receive from God. I receive by faith. And now there are things that happen later. I mean, I've had great experiences with the presence of God and the Spirit of God, and He has done amazing things that— that gave me great. I mean, I, 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 you know, I've had great emotional times, great spiritual times. I've ended up, you know, doing all kinds of spiritual things, but that wasn't the genesis of my experience. And so I don't look for the confirmation emotionally or experientially. I look to the word and I believe the word and that's how I access it. That's the DNA of my faith. And so I only said that because because even in your own life, when you have um, when you have uh, things that began a certain way, ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of how those things began, and that's how you kind of need to look for other things beginning in your life. A lot of times, we we get we we kind of like 
you know, uh, like Paul said, having begun in the spirit, are you now made, per- are you now made perfect in the flesh? How, whatever got you there is going to keep going. So so look for the DNA of what got you where you are, and that's where God's going to speak to you. That's where he's going to reveal things to you. That's where you're going to get promoted. It's, it's going to carry the same DNA as when, you know, things began. Now, with that, though, I, I look at this miracle of Jesus, and I see that this miracle was very fluid. It was a, it was a, it was a miracle where, in one moment, he said, "Nope, it's not my hour," and in the next moment, it was his hour. So things shifted very quickly. Now, could God have told him earlier that day, uh, you know, Jesus, um, later today, here's what's going to happen? You know, blah, 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 blah. He could have told him everything, but he didn't. There's a value in this. This is what I'm getting. It's not that God's not trying to mess with us. He's not trying to just play games with us and trying to keep us guessing all the time and say, well, if you really have faith, you don't need to know anything. No, God wants us to know all things, yea, even the deep things of God. Okay, but but that knowledge comes through a dependency on him, and the value of this is, that, like I said, when I look at, and this is something I want, I, I, it's so key to me, when I look in the Word and I see things that happen with Jesus, with different men women of God, I ask, why was this the highest way it was done? Why was this the highest way? And in other words, what was beneficial? It was like I said, God didn't benefit from doing it this way. Jesus did. We did. We benefit from from watching how God does things in the Word, and so um, and sometimes when you when you're reading the Word and you're like, why did you do it that way? Just just once again, it's not like accusing God of doing it the wrong way. It's being open and honest and humble enough to say, Father, I believe it was the highest way possible, but why was it that way? And sometimes He'll tell you when you when you when you especially when you're looking at different people's getting healed or, or or miracles happening, it's because where the people's hearts are definitely dictated how they received their healing or how they received their miracle. Uh, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't because God wanted to do it that way. It was just the highest way that the people allowed it to happen. And uh, and that might sound kind of weird, but man, pray into that. I'm, I'm telling you there's a truth in that because, you know, we we only receive, we don't receive what God wants to give us. We, re- we receive what we let him give us. Okay. He's giving us good things all the time. He's always daily loading us with benefits. But if I'm not receiving those things all the time, it's not because he's not giving them. It's because I have put a tourniquet on what I'm receiving. And so he wants to, to get us to receive at a higher level. Now, with Jesus, you know, he did it this way with Jesus because he wanted Jesus to be very familiar with the fluidity of God's will and the fluidity of how people are going to respond. So so it wasn't like a big surprise when Jesus would walk up and he would hear Jesus he would he would hear the Holy Spirit say, Lay hands on this one, but with that one, don't lay hands on that one, speak to that one. Or with with this one, make a little bit of clay out of your spit and and rub it in the guy's eyes. And with this one, one, have the blind guy go and 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 walk across town to the pool of Siloam. Why did he have him do all of that? It wasn't for God's benefit. It was for the people. The people. There was something in that process where the people were that that they, they were they were they needed to access something through the process that would help them receive from God. Okay, and with us, it's the same way. But there's a fluidity of these things, and it's not because God wants to keep us guessing. It's because he wants us to understand uh, that, that there, there is no box that, that we can put him in, that he will heal us anyway. I mean, this is so valuable to us because what we end up doing, though, is when we, get, when we put him in a box like this, then we think that healing can only come this way. I can only hear his voice a certain way. I can only, only be led by the Spirit a certain way. I can only walk in miracles a certain way. I can only worship a certain way. I can only pray a certain way. Honestly, there's infinite ways to do do everything. 
And I have to, the, the value in the fluidity is that I, I don't have God in a box. And so, so, uh, that's why it says to, to pray for the best gifts. Well, the best gifts are the ones that you need right then. But if you're not used to walking in fluidity, then you're going to only believe for the gift that you're used to walking in. So if you're only used to healing people through laying on of hands, then that's all you'll do. But if you say, oh, no, he can, he, uh, praise God, he can, you know, just like with the Apostle Paul, I can lay hands on, on a napkin and, and I can send it to somebody and the power of God will be released because there's a fluidity and there's a fun about this. I remember Marilyn Hickey talking about uh, and she, she, you know, minister in, in Colorado here, but you know, she's been in ministry for years and years. And I remember hearing a t- testimony, uh, from a lady that went to her church and her, her, her husband was in prison and, um, and, and did not, didn't seek God, didn't love God, but her, but she loved God. And so she, her pastor was Marilyn Hickey. So she had Marilyn Hickey lay her hands on a handkerchief and impart the power of God into it. And she goes, I'm going to go to the prison. I'm going to give my husband this handkerchief. And so uh, she's sitting there. She has visitation with her husband. He's, she's at the table with him. You know, they're in one of those, you know, whatever common areas with the table. And uh, and she has some stuff stacked up. You know, she has the handkerchief like underneath, uh, like whatever, something like that. And, and, you know, she loves God. And her husband doesn't care about God at all. Thinks it's all a bunch of junk, basically. And um, and so he, sa- he sees the handkerchief and he goes, what's that there? And uh, <laughs> and she goes, well, um, I had uh, Pastor Marilyn, you know, uh, uh, pray over that, and I wanted to give it to you as a prayer cloth, you know, and I uh, wanted to, to, just to bless you. And uh, and he goes, he goes, eh, that's just whatever. That's a bunch of nonsense. Get that stuff out of there. And he 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 went. He like he just basically went to wipe everything off the table, like just shrug it off the table. His hand hit the handkerchief. The power of God hit him, came inside of him. He fell to his knees, weeping and repenting to God. Gave his heart to Jesus. And the power of God was all over him, and he was totally changed, totally transformed in that moment. Well, he goes back to his cell. He has three cellmates, you know, and he 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 is a mess. He is just whatever, and um, and he has this handkerchief with him. And the, the the his cellmates are going, "What happened to you?" And and he goes, "It was this handkerchief, man. The power of God's all over, it, and God changed me. And I'm a new man, and I I love Jesus and everything else." And they're like mocking it. And they're like, "Whatever." And they what, a guy goes to grab it out of his hand. He touches it. Same thing. He hits the ground. He repenting and just crying and just giving his heart to Jesus. Um, another guy goes to grab it, does the same thing. So, so two of them are are on the ground, just weeping and crying and repenting to God. And the fourth cellmate looks at it and backs up to the wall and starts screaming for the guards to get him out of there because he doesn't want to touch the handkerchief. Now, understand that is we, we know that's in the Word, right? We know that, that that's what happened. You know, there, but this is limitless. There's a limitless flow of the anointing of God flowing out of you and I. But we have to be fluid about these things. We have to learn to say, okay, God, how fun do you want it to be right now you know it's not about you know saying the right words or doing the right thing it's about doing doing the fluid thing saying okay holy spirit you know can 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 i just be so excited that we can actually have an adventure today can we actually have an adventure today where we can see what eye has never seen ear has never heard has never into the heart of a man that's why we're here but if we have in a box the the box is always is always trying to squash what eye has never seen and ears ears never heard. The religious box will always say that can't be God because we've never done it before. And yet God's saying, you know what? Uh, you better tell Jesus that because He did a lot of things nobody else had done before, and the the, the disciples did as well. And so I just want to a- express this that there's a fluidity in the kingdom. 
Even though God's omniscient, even though everything has been fixed and settled and everything else, there's a sovereignty of God. There's also the fluidity of God. And these are the things that we need to um, not just teach or, or try to understand or even try to, to, to you know, figure out. These are things we need to yield to. And it says that by faith we understand things. And so just press into this by faith. And even if you have to say, you know what, I don't, I don't get all that. I don't understand how all that can be true, but I'm yielding. And when we, when we yield in faith and we say, Father, I do know that you have higher thoughts and higher ways, and so I'm not going to put you in my box. When we do that, it says, by faith, we understand. That's when we understand the fluidity of God. That's when we understand how all these things can be true at one time, and we can learn to flow like a river and, and allow the rivers of living water to flow out of us un, with, without a box, and we can see the miracles of God come out of us freely. And Father, we just thank you for that right now. We thank you for, for your fluidity. We thank you, Lord God, for your ways in our life, and we just yield to that right now by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.